Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Father, we just thank you and we praise you. You're wonderful. You're everything to us. And, Lord, I'm so sorry that I got on the phone this late. But in the name of Jesus, we ask you to take charge of this service. You breathe on us, everyone. Breathe on us, the speaker, to speak your word as pleases you. In the name of Jesus, you speak through him. And we thank and we praise you. Breathe on our ears so we'll hear and understand and know and give us the power and the strength to do your word, to live like you told us to live, to be what you told us to be, to be what you came and you suffered and you died for us that we might take on your righteousness uh, because you took on our sins. You took the sin on, but you never sinned, and you paid for our righteousness by suffering and dying and washing us in your blood. We thank you, Father. We praise you. There's no words in our vocabulary that we could please you by praising and worship, but then let us worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth in the way that you want us to worship, in the way that you want us to live, cause us to live day by day in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we ask you to bless every one of our children and our children's children throughout every generation. You know all about them. You made them. May bless every husband and every wife to be what you want us to be, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. And we ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to bless the speaker, the one who's going to teach your word tonight night. Lord, let it get all in us and cause it to make us with pure hearts and sound minds, loving you with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our minds, and with all of our strength, and our neighbor as ourselves. Cause us to love our enemies, Lord. Bless those that curse us, do good to those that hate us, and pray for those that despitefully use us and persecute us. You know all about us, Father. You made us, and you told us what to do and how to do it. In the name of Jesus, give us understanding. Give us wisdom. And, and, and give us knowledge, cause us to know what it is that you want us to do and live it, Lord. Sometimes we are living under pressure. Satan is after us on one hand, and we know that we're supposed to be doing another thing. On the, so cause us to always humble ourselves before you and pray and seek your face and turn from every wicked way. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you. You're everything to us. We thank you for Judah, Lord, Judah's sanctuary of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you that you're making us humble before you. We thank you that you're putting your love in us one for the other, Lord. And we ask you in the name of Jesus to take every suspicious spirit away from us. Cause us to love one another as you have loved us. Cause us to love one another as blood relatives, as those that you give us through our moms and our dads. In the name of Jesus, you cause us to love like that, that kind of love, that bless you even though you've cursed us. Hallelujah. Put that in us one for the other, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and cause us all to study and show ourselves approved, workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Put your word in us, Lord, with understanding. 
put your love word in us, Lord, with strength and power in the name of Jesus and cause us to just tell Satan to back off, get out of the way, because we belong to you. We don't walk that road anymore. All of us have walked the road of unrighteousness because we didn't know any better. But now, Father, we have been born again, and we know your word. Your word is in us, and we're going to walk according to your word, your will, and your way in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you. Lord, bless every sick person throughout the world, all of this COVID, this, all of this stuff that uh, because of sin is, is, has come upon us, Lord. And Lord calls us to realize that we're going to have to suit and serve you and come out of every sin and iniquity and live for you, Lord, this time forth and forever calls us to call upon your name and do you. And love you with everything that is within us. You know what we need in Jesus' name. And, Lord, bless every friend, every relative, every acquaintance, everyone that we just half know of, just heard of, those that we have never heard of, Lord, sanctify them unto you. Look at your president, the president of the United States. You say you put them in and you take them out. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, he said he might just stay there if he don't win. But I tell you what, you take control. Nobody can outdo you. And whatever you say, just let him humble himself and walk out just like you said it should be done. In Jesus' name, we thank and we praise and cause him to realize he's got a soul that needs saving. And the way he's acting now, he can't be saved. But, Lord, you can speak to him loud and clear and let him know that there is a heaven and a hell and there are an eternity. And whatever place he go, he'll be there and cause him to remember that he cannot go and be with you and live in sin. You said in, you said in your word, we cannot live in sin and see our Savior's face. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. You're all we need, Lord. You are beginning, our ending, and everything in between. Cause us to love. Put that love in us that, that you told us to love, that, that we, when we were born again, we were born in that love. You put it in us, Lord. Every one of us, all of us, sanctifies and calls us to be whole and holy unto you and without blame, walking upright before you. Every one that's called by your name, Lord, grant this to us. We thank you, Father, and we praise you. Now, Lord, you bless your servant, the one that's going to preach, that's going to teach your word. Let it come out of his belly like rivers of living waters in the name of Jesus and to clean ears and clean hearts and understanding ears. Let us understand. Give us the mind of Christ. That's what we need, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank and we praise you. Bless your people everywhere. Amen and hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, God bless you. Thank you, the most high God. Hey, this is your Apostle Keith Brooks. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Hey, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it because in it 
the opportunity to do those things which God has called us to do. God bless your mom for prayer. Hey, let me continue on in prayer. Then we're going to take the word of the Lord, and we're going to share what God has placed on my heart to help you tonight, and I believe it will strengthen you to walk closer to him. Father, is again, we thank you for your presence and anointing. We thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the power of your cross. We thank you for the power of your resurrection. We thank you for forgiveness for all of our sins and transgression and iniquity. Thank you for cleansing us and keeping us and using us for your glory and for your kingdom's sake. Now, God, do what only you can do. That's save and deliver, sanctified and cleanse us from all evil and unrighteousness. Now let the blood of Jesus Christ fill my mouth. The blood that I'll speak life, health, and strength to thy people, O God. Let every word be covered in blood. Let every heart be touched with your blood. Every ear be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, God, we thank you for binding up every satanic spirit, every demonic spirit that will try to steal, kill, or destroy, or even hinder the word of the Lord. We thank you and we praise you in the wonderful and matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of the hearts of God's people shouted, Amen. And amen. Hey, on tonight, we're going to be talking from the book of Colossians, chapter 2. I want you to go there. And while you're going there, I want to talk to you about what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the blood bridge. And we're going to share with you how powerful the blood of Jesus Christ really is. And sometimes as saints of God, we don't pay it very much mind. We just say it because we've been trained religiously to say the blood of Jesus Christ and cover me, Lord, in your blood. But the blood is one of the most powerful things that God has ever released on the planet. Listen, this is mentioned over 7,316 times in your Bible. Blood is mentioned, and God put it there for a reason. Leviticus said the life of the flesh is in the blood. Genesis 9 and 4 said it was in the flesh. The life of the flesh is the blood. God told Cain that his brother's blood cried from the earth. The blood speaks, the blood talks, the blood keeps, the blood leads and guides. But we have to learn the language of the blood. Now, when we talk in theology, we talk about hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the study and the principles of interpreting uh, the Bible, what it consists of in the book, all the text that we're going to talk about. Many times we talk about blood, but do we really understand the power of the blood of Jesus Christ? This blood cannot be ever contaminated. It's not like the blood of bulls and goats and sheep and turtle doves uh, and, and all those things. This blood is the blood that delivers, save, and it can keep. So I want to teach you tonight how important the blood of Jesus Christ really is. Now, when we talk about the blood, which speaks about Revelation 13 and 8, it says, uh, here's what the word of the Lord says. It says, and the earth will worship him, or all who dwell on the earth. Let me correct that. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whom names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I want you to get that because our God is the God of eternity. And if he's speaking out in 
coexisted before there was ever a world. He was saying the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. That means the precious blood of Jesus Christ had already been shed. You remember in 1 Peter 1 and 9, it says that 1 and 19, with the precious blood of Christ, as the lamb without blemish and without spot. So I want you to get that. <clears throat> Let's go to Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to begin in verse number, I guess I'll start in verse number 11, because it has a lot to say to you and I, but I want to read to you tonight from the contemporary English version so that you can get a clear understanding of what God is really saying about the blood. I want you to get this because the blood has so much power to it, beloved, that when you apply it after tonight, you're going to understand some significance of the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's what it says in verse number 11, chapter 2. Christ has also taken away our selfish desires, just as circumcision removes skin from the body. I want you to get this because it's going to get deep. Now, you remember that Jesus had to be circumcised in the temple. Around Luke chapter 2, around verse 21, the Bible said on the eighth day, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to be circumcised. So now Jesus had to be circumcised, remove the foreskin. So as he was physically circumcised, you and I will be spiritually circumcised by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now he can remove the flesh, that sinful nature. I want you to get this. Verse number 12. When ye were baptized, it was the same as being buried with Christ. This is not the water baptism, but he using it as a significant. This is the spiritual baptism. Like you and I was baptized in water, we were submerged. In, 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 in the Gospel of Matthews, it used the term baptos. This means to be submerged, not sprinkled, but dipped under the water. As you and I were submerged in the spiritual realm of the Holy Ghost. Watch this. Being buried in Christ, like unto water baptism, but this is a spiritual baptism. Then you were raised to life because you have faith in the power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Meaning the power of the Holy Ghost, which was the anisopia, which quickened Jesus' body, which raised him from the dead. You and I shall be raised from the dead because we've been spiritually baptized into him. Watch this. Oh, I'm not got to the blood yet. We're gonna, it's going to get good tonight. Watch what verse 13 said. You were dead because you were sinful and was not God's people. But God let Christ make you alive when he forgave all of your sin. Man, you ought to rejoice about that because what Jesus did for you and I washed away all of our sins. Now, hear me now. It has the power to keep if you want to be kept. The blood has the power to keep us if we want to be kept. Now, hear me. Verse 14, God wiped out the charges that was against us for disobeying the law of Moses. He took 
them away and nailed them to the cross. I want you to understand that. The King James said it was blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrast to us, took it and nailed it on the cross. Now, here's what Jesus did. Because of his sacrifice, he took all of that which Satan had against us, and the laws of Moses held us in contempt. Jesus said, I will become the sacrifice that's going to take away all of these ordinances away from my children. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to nail it to the cross. You remember when Pilate wrote, when he wrote over Jesus' head, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. They said, don't say that. Say, he said that. He said, what I've written is written. He's the king of the Jews, but not only the Jews, because as Paul writing to Gentiles, he's letting you and I know that we have a part of the body of Christ because of what Jesus did on the cross. All of our sins has been nailed on the cross. Everything that the devil, everything that the law held against us, Jesus said, I'm taking it away. I'm blotting it out. If you blot out something, beloved, you wash it, you cover it, not erase it. Blot it out. Blot it out. Take some white out. And when you white it out, it's never going to be seen again. I want you to get that. You will have peace with the blood of Jesus tonight. I'm talking about the blood that bridged us to God. I heard a story that quickened my spirit. Two brothers was fighting, arguing about a string that one brother built between the other brother's home. And they fell out, did not speak for days and for years. So the youngest brother decided he would hire him a brick mason and come and build him a wall between him and his brother. The Bible said, get angry, but sin not. Hear me now. Let not the sun go down with anger in your heart. If a child of God keep carrying anger, they are corrupt, but yet they're pretending they're walking with God. True forgiveness is reconciliation. True forgiveness is bridging. Watch God. These two brothers are fighting. The younger brother told the brick mason, build me a, a, a fence. Not four, feet, not four feet tall, not six feet, eight feet tall. I don't want a gate in it. I don't want my brother to be able to come on this side. He said, I'll be leaving for a couple of days, and I'll pay you when I get back. Mason began to build the wall. That's what the youngest brother instructed. But what he did not know, he didn't build a wall. He built a bridge from his house to his brother's house that crossed over the stream that was causing them to bicker. What is a bridge? A bridge is that structure that is built over railroads, rivers, roads. It's a bridge that put us together again. You see, the power of the blood of Jesus is a bridge that reconciles you and I 
back to God. It was torn down. But when the young brother got back and he said to the brick mason, why did you build a bridge? He said, because you needed to cross over the stream to have love one for another. Watch what the Bible says. Jesus nailed it to the cross. Verse 15 says, there Christ defeated all power and force. He let the whole world see them being led away as prisoners when he celebrated his victory. In other words, he said, I made a spoil of all the principalities and power. I made an open triumph against them. I defeated every demon that has kept you away from God. But watch the blood now. Because the blood is very powerful, beloved. The blood is that thing that builds the bridge between you and God. When the priest in Exodus chapter 29, you write these down and study it. Start at verse 10. The blood was a sacrifice for the priesthood. Now when the priest would offer up on a sacrifice, he would bring in the bull, the sheep, the goats, the turtle dove, the young pigeon. And they would offer that up before God. Now hear me. When the blood sacrifice was made of various kinds of offerings, we know of the burnt offering that was to gain favor and express a devotion to God. We know about the peace offering, that fellowship that brought us back into God. It expresses our gratitude to God. Now, it takes blood to do this. Now, Jesus was a shadow, or the law was a shadow, shall I say, of all those things which you and I would read in the law, in the Torah, in the Pentateuch, about what was going to happen in the New Testament. Jesus had to be the example as a shadow. The blood offering, watch this, the burnt offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the day of atonement, all of those things was done under the law that symbolized Jesus Christ shared his blood for you and I. Now here's where the good started in verse 16. Because I want you to understand how important the blood really is. When we say the blood of Jesus, what you're actually doing is acclimating the blood upon your life. Now, if the blood talks, I want you to follow me. When that blood has been pleaded over one's life, the blood stands before every demon and says, you can't touch this one. You remember when Israel was coming out of Egypt and the death angel had to pass and the blood was placed upon the lanterns of the doors of all the children of Israel. When the death angel would ride through, the blood would stand up and say, you cannot touch this house because the life of the flesh was in the blood. And if the blood speaks, when you and I plead the blood, what you're saying, talk for me, blood. Talk to God for me. So when the blood is pleaded, 
And the blood is upon your heart. The blood is upon your life. The blood is upon your ears. The blood is upon the palm of the priest of the great toe. The blood was speaking to God. It was telling every law against them, I wiped you out. Watch what verse 16 says. Now it's going to get good. Do not let anyone tell you what you must eat or drink. Now listen, they had a problem because these were Gentiles that came in unto the Gentile church who had been converted to Christianity and told them, you cannot eat. They were dealing with the dietary laws. You have to have food that was clean. My Bible tell me in Romans and in First Corinthians that anything that I sanctify by the word, God said, he sanctified. Now you got to get this, beloved, because once you and I understand the power of what the blood did, it takes away all of these schisms and isms from your life. You cannot eat this. You cannot eat that. You cannot drink. Now listen, I want you to get this, beloved, because we have saints that's going back on God. I want you to hear what the word of the Lord says. That I'm going to deal with two scriptures. I'm going to Proverbs chapter 20, and then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 31. Let's go there. Proverbs chapter 20, beginning at verse number 1. Now I'm reading from a contemporary, but you follow me. He said, it is not smart to get drunk. Drink, can, drink, can, get this, drink, can. Makes a fool of you, and it leads to fighting. In other words, it alternates your thinking. It is a spirit that corrupts kings, corrupts believers. How in the world can you sit at the lost table and the table of the devil? You have to make a decision. If you're going to drink of the cup of the Lord or the cup of the devil. Watch verse 2. An angry ruler is like a roaring lion. Make either one angry, you are dead. You make a king angry, you make a lion dead, he said you're dead. Now, I want you to get this. Get it carefully. Go to Proverbs 31. And you're going to find how God talks. And it ought to make your heart feel somewhat different. Now, remember, Paul is dealing with Gentiles who have been drafted in. And here come these Christians telling them what they can and cannot do. Now, if that be the case, all of us are guilty if we ain't poor. Now, that's your choice. If you choose not to eat any meat, 
You want to go on these diets? You want to be bacon? I ain't mad at nobody. That's your choice. But don't put any child of God under a law and say it's wrong to eat meat. That's a lie. That was false teaching that came in the Colossian church that tried to corrupt them. Paul said, you've been free from that. Drinking. These are the saying of King Lemuel of Massa. I'm reading from contemporary. The word Massa came from a Greek word or Hebrew word, which means master, which was the dialect of a black Caribbean slave. They could not say the word master. They said master. So what he's saying, now Lemich was a symbolic word for Samson. So here, what history says is talking is Bathsheba. Because now, what she's praying is a prayer, the King James called it a prophecy. She was praying for God's love on her child. Now you remember, her and David lost a child because of the relationship. She's praying for the second. Solomon was taught by his mother. Watch what it says. My son, Lenny, you were born in an answer to my prayer. So listen carefully. Don't waste your life chasing after women. This has ruined many kings. Kings and leaders should not drink or get drunk or even want to drink. Drinking make you forget your responsibility. And you mistreat the poor. He said, but beer and wine are only for the dying, for those who have lost all hope. When you see alcoholics, they have lost all of their hope. We call them rhinos, derelicts. They have lost all of their hope, so they turn to the bottle so that they can forget miseries and their sorrows. They can forget their pain of what put them there. Listen to what verse 7 says. Let them drink and forget how poor and miserable they feel. Paul's here talking to Colossians about drinking. But you must defend those who are helpless and have no hope. Last I by tonight to tell you, there is some hope through the blood of Jesus. You don't have to turn to the alcohol to go to sleep at night. You don't have to turn to a bottle to find the peace in your life. The devil is a liar. The blood can give you peace. The blood will give you rest. And it will give you hope. Be fair and give justice to the poor and homeless. Why is that? Because those that don't understand 
what drinking will do. It clouds your thinking. It causes you to forget your responsibility. Let's talk. Go back with me now. Going back to the book of Colossians. I'm almost through. Hang in there with me. It got good to me today because my soul was excited about what God is trying to say to us. Listen to verse number 16. Don't let them say that you must celebrate the new moon festivities, the Sabbath, or any other festivity. He said, don't you let people bring you back under the laws of Moses and all the Sabbath and all that what they struggled with could not walk over certain miles on the Sabbath. Wouldn't it be strange if God will hold us guilty of the law without the blood being shed? We couldn't go to work because under the law, there was no work on the Sabbath. Now, all those that hold the Sabbath say, it is the Lord that, yes, but Jesus said, I will Lord over the Sabbath. You cannot put me under something I created. I am the law of it. Get some peace tonight. Listen to God. Don't allow anybody to yoke your life under those things. Why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ made provision for you and I. Verse 17. These things are only a shadow of what was to come. But Christ is real. I love it. You can find all of that. The Paul is saying to the Colossians, all of that what they're trying to keep you on, you can find deliverance in Jesus from this. His blood was nailed there in every ordinance to say, you can't hold them captive. You can't put me under schisms and isms. You cannot lock down a child of God. Why? Because the blood is so powerful. Watch this here. Watch verse 18. Don't be cheated by people who make a show of acting humble and who worship angels. They brag about seeing visions, but it's all nonsense because their minds are filled with selfish desires. I will read that from your King James in verse 18. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a volunteer humility and worshiping of angels, intruding in those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. He's stuck in his own desire. Now Paul is dealing with this. Let no one qualify you but the blood. If you've been blood washed, like you say, there shouldn't be no guilt constantly in your brain about a sin if you confessed it. Jesus Christ took away all sin. It's getting good to me. I'm trying to maintain. But listen to verse 19. They are no longer part of Christ 
who is the head of the whole body. Christ gives the body its strength. If you connect it, get that strength now. He used its joints and muscles to hold it together. It grows by the power of God. I told you, meet me at Jacob Wells Sunday. I said a couple of Sundays ago, I was said again. If we follow the word, we don't have to work gimmicks to make the body grow. We don't even need to sell dinners. We don't need to have a fashion show. We don't need no kind of nothing. All we need is the word of the Lord. And the body will grow by the power of God's word. Folks will get saved not because of some gimmick. They'll get saved because the blood is in the word. And the blood will draw them to the life of Christ. Look at verse 20. You died with Christ. That's right, I've been baptized in him spiritually. Been baptized in him waterly. So have you been dead with him? Now the force of the universe don't have any power over you. Cause that resurrection power. I want you to catch this revelation. When Jesus died on the cross and his blood was shed. Now watch this. If all of his blood had drained from his body, there's no blood left in it. First of all, here's what the Messianic Psalm said. Thou did not lead our servant into hell to see corruption. Well, he can't see corruption for two reasons. The body of Christ can never be corrupt. If blood is what corrupts, then there was no blood in his body when they buried him. Hobo Shata, follow him in here. The blood had been drained out. So what happened to Jesus to take him from mortal to immortality? You see, the blood is a quickening power of life. While Leviticus said, it's life in the flesh. But now Jesus is being resurrected. He ain't got no blood in the vein like you and I think. But watch what he said to Mary when she thought he was a garden. Don't touch me yet. I'm not yet a sin to your father and mine. What are you doing, Jesus? I got to take this blood that I shed on that cross and led before the feet of my father. Watch what happened here. Because this is the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So the blood was perfect then, and when he died, the perfect blood had to be brought back. So now watch it, because when we plead that blood, we're saying that perfect blood, that perfect life, that perfect anointing. You remember Jesus said to the priest, if you bring me a bull, it must be without spot or blemish, a sheep, a goat. Whatever you bring to me must have no blemish in it. And when it come to me, lay your hands upon it. 
confess your sin. I want you to symbolize. And I want you to see this. Lay your hands on Jesus while he's on the cross. Come on. Go with me there. Lay your hands upon him. As the Lord of a low-down sinner, I need your help. Now your sins are being transferred from you to him. Watch it, beloved, because something's going to take place for you. Now remember when God told Moses, when you make this sacrifice and the priest slay the bull, let them take some blood in the hand and put it on the four corners of the altar. I'm going to come back to that altar this week. The horns of the altar was where the favor of God resided. They take the rest of the blood, splatter it upon the altar. And for Aaron and his sons, call them here. Put the blood upon them right here. You listen to the apostle, grab their right ear and say, the blood of Jesus cover my ear. He put it upon the earlobe of the priest, Aaron and his sons. Then he put the blood upon their right thumb. Grab your thumb and say, the blood of Jesus be upon that. Now watch what he said. First, I want you to hear the word of God clear. He that has an ear, let him. But the Spirit is saying to the church, you are the church. Then I want you to handle the word of God with pureness. No corrupt hands, Aaron. Don't let your son's hand be corrupt. The blood purifies. Then I want you to anoint the right toe, the big great toe on the right foot, symbolizing not only are your feet prepared with perfection, Paul said, having your feet shone with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You can't have it shone without the blood. Watch this, beloved, because God wants you to walk in it now. The blood will lead you. The blood will guide you in righteousness and holiness. You ain't got the word about going astray. David said, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my power. The blood guides us. And you know when you're going to go contrary to it. Because the blood begins to choke. Now watch what he said here. Watch it carefully. If you died with Christ, now the force of the universe don't have any power over you. All the principalities and powers of the air. No demon has power over a child of God that is covered in the blood. I'm about through here. Why do you live if you have obeyed such a rules of the world? He's talking to these Gentiles that have been saved. Stop hanging on to the principles and the rudiments of the world. Why are you living though God have not delivered you from the ordinance? Saints of God, why are we living like God didn't save us? You see, the blood of Jesus delivered you and I. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. I got two more verses and I'm out of here. Don't handle this. Don't taste that. Don't touch this. Sound like the church, right? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Here's what it says in the King James. Touch not, taste not, handle not. 
what? Y'all are to perish with the use after the commandment and the doctrines of men. He said, all of that, what they told you, don't touch this, don't handle that, don't go here, don't, hey, listen. I don't need to tell you that. Jeremiah 33 says, every man shall know the law. For the Lord has written his laws upon their hearts. They may know the Lord. In other words, you were born with something in you, a piece of God. A man know if he's still, he's wrong. You know every sin that you ever commit. I ain't got to tell you, see, you already know. So Paul telling them, hey, I know what they told you. But all those ordinances have been wiped out. Now I want to go back to some because some saints don't get it clear. Man of God, are you telling me? Let's say for drinking. Let's say for eating. If pork will give you high blood, then I don't need a rocket science to tell me either it's not agreeing with me, or I don't know how to prepare it, or I need to stop putting it in my mouth. That's simple. I don't bother everyone. But if it's bothering you, it sounds foolish to me to keep praying over a piece of meat that's causing you to have high blood. I believe God gave us a spiritual common sense to say, I don't need that. Exit off your diet. Don't eat it. You said, well, man of God, Paul told Timothy he could drink a little wine for his stomach sake. You just want to drink anyway. So you're trying to find a loophole so you can drink. Paul said that to Timothy because the water was bad in Crete. It had uh, 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 what you call parasites in it. It was tearing the stomach up. The wine had gone through a process. He said, because your body was take out the water that it needs from the wine. A little wine for conscious sake or for your stomach, Timothy. You see, people who find or look for a loophole to drink, want to drink. Don't lie on God and don't corrupt someone else. Well, you know, the Lord has not convicted me of drinking. And I just want to have it. just a little bit. I'm not getting drunk. Well, let me ask you a question. If you're riding in a car, and I'm in the car with you, and somebody else got just a little dope in the car, when the policeman stop us, will he say, oh, y'all going to jail, or just few y'all just, because it just got a little dope here. He's taking everybody to jail, because everybody's guilty. You see what the father will not allow one of his sons or daughters to do in the kingdom realm. He's not going to allow any of them to do it. It's not fair for me to tell one son don't drink and another one. You can drink. The devil is a liar. The rules are set for the entire kingdom. So people who drink want to drink anyway. So they're looking for a way to do it. So here we'll Paul saying to the Colossus church, stop that foolishness. Stop playing with that. It's corrupting you. It's messing up your thinking ability. Don't handle that stuff. Don't taste that stuff. Leave that stuff alone. 
Now, here's verse 22, and I'm done. After these things are used, they are no longer good for anything. So why we bother with the rules that a human has made up? Hey, listen, humans going to make every kind of rule they can to let you do whatever you want. Man wants to live independent of God anyway. He don't want God telling him what to do. Hey, can I keep it real with y'all? Man, sometimes I get mad like, God, why? Because he's the boss. Now, if he's my Lord, I got to succumb to that and submit to that. You see, people who want to do what they want and don't want to follow the rules of God, they prefer the rules of man. But let me help you something. The Bible said it's the point of a man wants to live, but after living is death, and after death is a judgment. Man ain't going to judge you. God will. And the rules you think you're escaping with because man made them up. There's more preachers going to hell drinking. The corrupting of thinking. Isaiah 28 talked about it. They profane the table of the Lord. Corrupt. Sad, sad scenario here. But the blood of Jesus can heal and deliver him. When the blood was sprinkled on the altars, I want the altar to become your heart tonight. Let the blood be sprinkled upon your heart. And once that blood was sprinkled on the altar, God looked upon the sacrifice and he received a sweet Savior smell. In other words, he's saying because of Jesus' death, the smell was a sweet Savior to the Lord. Nostrils. His blood that covers us is the blood that keeps us, is the blood that ordains, is the blood that protects, is the blood that heals. It's the blood that died. So when we say the blood of Jesus, we're saying, heaven, back me up. Stand with me, heaven. Talk on my behalf, Jesus. Fight every demon that's coming against me, Jesus. Heal my body, Jesus. Second Peter, Peter says in 2.24 that I've been healed by his stripes. The blood is what caused that. Because every lash on his back spewed blood. We have to understand the power of the blood bridge. It connects us back to God. Now watch this. If we don't confess sin, then the bridge is broken. But once confession is made, the bridge is connected back together again. That's the power of the reconciliation between man and God. And that young brother, and I'm through, got home and he saw what the brick mason had done. He said, why did you build a bridge? He said, because I am a bridge builder. Not a wall divider. You see, blood put us back. 
Blood put us back together. Anybody don't want to be put back together got hell in them. They just full of the devil. They don't want God to fix their hearts. They don't want God to change their mind. They refuse to let the bridge be built. Anybody fight that? Like the power of the blood of reconciliation. Hey, beloved, this is the apostle. I'll give it to you what God gave me tonight. The blood is a bridge, man. We need to honor that blood. Call on it all day of your life, every day of your life, every morning, every night before you go to sleep. When you get up, call the blood. The blood screams on your behalf. It talks to God. It intercedes for you. It deals with every demonic power. Hey, un- unblock every call, Sister Montina. If anybody got any questions tonight before Apostle pray, hey, listen, I want you to ask whatever's on your heart. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Ask me tonight. Amen. Somebody talk to me. Got any questions tonight? Hallelujah. I love it. A comment. Very powerful message and would like for you to expound on it later. Yes. What what you, what you want Apostle to expound on? Which part? Uh, the, mm, excuse me. The word? You talk about the blood. Plead, yes, sir. Pleading the blood. You've expounded, uh-huh. but we, when we plead it over others, uh huh. I plead it over Look, ourselves. Okay. You remember when the children of Israel was in their homes and the blood was placed on the door? Watch yeah. this. When God gave Cornelius a promise that he would save him and his household. Our loved ones and our children don't understand it, but the power of God is already drawing them to the cross because God made a promise to us. So if the blood be upon you, it'll protect your children if you ask God. You remember when Job made an offering to God? He said, if my children have sinned, he made an offering, a sacrifice for them. Well, Jesus died for all of us. So if you and I make the claim that we are saved in the blood of Jesus upon everything that we're connected with, God is obligated to draw upon them. Now, hear me. They have a will, but the devil cannot fight them when it comes to hearing the voice of God because the blood is upon them. So watch this. If I plead the blood over my children, Because of my standard with God, God will honor that. You remember Paul told Timothy that if anybody came to you and didn't accept the same gospel you were preaching, don't wish them God's speed. In other words, he's saying you have the power to speak a blessing over your children, to speak salvation over them, just as well as you have the power to speak a blessing on a heathen or somebody that's a merry mouth that don't want to accept the gospel. He said, don't you do that. Because if you giving people God's speed on somebody that ain't believing what you believe in, God is obligated to bless them because of who you are. So when you plead that blood, God looks at you and says, oh, my daughter's pleading for the blood on her children. Send that blood. That blood finds its way and it's over the children, sprinkled over them. When death, harm, and danger try to get them, the blood says, ha, 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 you can't touch this one. Now, let's say something happened to them. They're covered under the blood. 
The blood is talking on their behalf. I heard one of the saints, I think it was this morning, talking about the test and the testimony and testifying. You see, when God allowed things to happen, not only was it a test, but the blood's keeping them. He's waiting for them to come back and testify how the Lord brought them out. Well, what kept them through that? The blood. Because that parent was pleading that blood. Amen? Amen. Thank you. All right. Yes, ma'am. Any other question? All right. Y'all got it. I'm loving it. When you get it like that, I know you got it. So start pleading that blood. Plead that blood. Call on it. Call on it. Call on it. And I promise you, God will fix your heart. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. My question is, I know that we are triune beings. So when we do plead or release the blood, that's going over us physically, emotionally, spiritually. Correct. It's not just a, a, a one shop thing because when they killed the bullocks and the lambs and the rams back in the day, they left everything there. So when we do that, it, it covers everything. It does. It covers the whole man. Now watch this. Jesus died to take the sins of the whole world upon him. If I'm going through the veil of the temple of God, it was rented. Watch that. That veil was his flesh, torn, that the blood may come forth. That blood covered Jesus. Father could not look at the flesh until the blood covered him entirely. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I'm looking at flesh, sinful thing that I can't deal with. It's corrupt. But yet Jesus had no sin. But because he was in the tabernacle of a sinful flesh, the father couldn't look at it. But until that blood covered his entire body, now watch this. When you and I plead the blood, not only does God cover us spiritually, he'll cover us physically because we belong to him. You see, this body will be resurrected in the first resurrection when it's going to serve with immortality. And it's going to be connected back with my spirit. So all those things that I've done has been forgiven to me in the sins that I've committed in my flesh through the blood of Jesus Christ. Those that reject Jesus as Lord and Savior will be in the second resurrection their body is going to pay the price of the sin because the blood never cleansed them. Oh, bless his name. So now, it gives us the whole man to be saved. W-H-O-L-L-Y, not W-H-O-L-E. The whole body, soul, and spirit. God wants it. He wants to use it. I learned something as I'm studying this today, and I want y'all to hear this. Stop saying you ain't no good. The devil is a liar. God made you righteous through his blood. Now, if you step out of the spirit, step out of the baptism of the blood, now you ain't no good. But he made provision before the foundation of the world. Get back the bridge across to the Father. But as long as you walk in it, this flesh begins to become disciplined. By the word of God, by the spirit of God, and by the blood. 
things I used to do, I don't want to do no more. You done heard that lifetime in church. Why? Because your flesh is dying, is becoming more perfected to the spiritual thing. So, well, I'm going to always be a sinner. Yes, you're going to always be a sinner because you were born in this world as a sinner. When you go before God in the mercy seat, he don't see you. You see the blood of his son covering you. You see, the priest had to go into the tabernacle once a year. Watch this. He had to pass through holy. The outer court, the inner court, to get to the holy of the holy. When Jesus died, he did the exact same thing. He went into a spiritual tabernacle in heaven and went right into the throne of God. With the angel was hollering, holy, holy, holy. Lay the blood before the Father. Whistle, Look, he did the exact same thing as the early priest did. He went in once a year. Suppose Jesus would have had to die every year for you and I to be sin, our sin being forgiven. Don't bother me, devil. Suppose he had to die every year, like the priest had to commit every year. My God, what pain, what pain, excuse me, what sorrow. But he died once and for all. He don't have to die again. His blood was perfected. And he didn't need to come back and die again. So, yes, the blood is upon you whole. Put it upon your body. Put it upon your spirit. Put it upon your mind. Anywhere there's pain, you slap the blood on it. Anywhere there's hurt, put the blood there. Need an answer, put the blood there. I'm going to say this. You can read it in your off time. Exodus 24, I think it is. Read how God challenged Moses, Nathan, and Abahud and 70 other fellows to come up the mountain and talk to him. Moses got ready to go up, and God said, no, 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 just Joshua can follow you, little father, but Nadad, Abahud, the 70 fellows, y'all stay behind. Now, they all saw God. You read it. He said, but uh, I'm going to leave Erd behind, and if y'all need anything, ask him. Now, when Moses got up to the mount up there with God, God said, come on up and talk to me. But he waits another seven days before he talked to Moses. I said, well, come on, God. What's up with this? You tell me to come in and talk with you, then you don't talk. He said, because I was getting the ordinance together for Moses to get him to him. Not that I could just snap my finger and had it done. I wanted Moses to understand the patience of God. Saints, when we understand the patience of God, that's when wisdom is justified through us, and that's when the power of God uses us greatly. Moses sat there for another six days. Joshua's behind him. He's a couple of steps way down the mountain. The other 70 is way down with urge, and, 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 and they're waiting on God to talk to Moses. Watch this. When Moses comes before God, God speaks to him about the ordinance. Why are you saying that apart? You see, the blood brings us into the presence of God. But you can't make God talk because you're in his presence. 
He wants you to sit there and wait. Now, when all of them went before God, the Bible said they, they, they had dinner. They ate with God. Read it. They all ate with God. They saw God. And how can you see God and still don't understand who he is? The blood brings us into the presence of God. The blood opens our understanding. It enlightens our minds. That's the life of God. It brings us to where we need to be with God. I'm excited about this blood. I talk about it all the time, but the more I think about it, the man, the more powerful it becomes. If you could walk in your home and see blood everywhere, not just any blood, the blood of Jesus. If you could walk in the church and just see blood everywhere, in your homes, there would be no demons hanging around. We wouldn't have to fight them. If blood was all over the walls of my house, wouldn't have no disturbance and no discrepancy. What do we have to do, Apostle? Please for it more. Take the grounds everywhere we go. Your feet have been anointed by blood, Aaron. Men and women of God, your feet have been ordained by blood. That's why when we walk, we can take places. The blood is there taking ground. The blood taking ground for you. Put your hands on it. Say, I'm praying on this house. Yes, when you put your hand on it, the life of God takes that home. And it began to talk. I'm going to tell you this and I'm done. I remember years ago when I was young and uh, I needed a home. I'm sitting in the relative's office and he and Sister Bob said, man, we're young in the Lord, but I know how to plead the blood. And the guy said, well, I need to go check this out. I, I'll be right back. When he got up, I laid my hands on his desk and I said, Lord, I plead the blood of Jesus Christ on me. Every time this man touched this desk, every time he sat here, let blood talk for me. Let the blood save him. Let the blood deliver him. I got the home. But years later, after I walked off my job, suffering, paying the price for ministry, I'm a Levite, I don't own nothing. It foreclosed on my home. I'm sitting back at that same desk. And the Lord says to me, Son, ten years or so ago, you pleaded my blood on this desk. It is not dead. The man looks at me. Now, there's a foreclosed on apostle's home. I feel less than a man, like I can't keep my family in a home. I'm hurt, I'm broken, my pride is crushed. Everything about me as a man is just crumbling. The man looks at me, he said, Reverend. Well, you ain't talking to me when you say Reverend. You're talking to the God in me. He's the only one reverence. When he said that, I knew something was happening. He said, I, I feel guilty about taking your home from you. I'm going to give it back and I'm going to restore it. I'll put a new roof on it. I'll put new carpet, build you a new fireplace. And I was saying, look at God. That was the blood. 
It will never die, y'all. Keep pleading. Father, tonight we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ and we thank you for the word of God. The handwritings, the walls have been blotted out, God. All of our sins have been forgiven, washed away by the blood of Jesus. All pain, hurt, shame, guilt, rejection, heartbroken, whatever, God. The blood, the blood, the blood, the blood makes us whole. Somebody's heart just leaped because of the blood. I just saw it. I'll give you life. Give you strength from the blood. Save those that are not saved tonight by the blood of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare their salvation. I take authority over every demon that's holding them bound and captured. You will walk in Christ. You will be saved. I command your spiritual eyes to open by the blood of Jesus Christ. I command your spiritual ears to be quickened by the blood of Jesus Christ. I command your hard heart to be quickened by the blood of Jesus Christ. Be saved. I decree and declare it tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let the blood be upon us. Now, Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone shouted amen. Hey, listen, y'all know what to do with your offering. I don't think I need to keep repeating that every week. But if I have to, hey, go online, go on uh, dollar sign, capital P-O-D-E-L-I-V, send your tithes, get in touch with Sister Carol and do what we have to do. The blood is on your money. Hey, I had a text tonight to take you there to the book and uh, teach you about priests and giving and all of that. All of that was in the shadow tithes and all of what you earn. It was in the shadow of things to come. Jesus Christ tied his life for us. And we can't give a tent, man. That's something. Hey, I'm out of here tonight. I love you all. Pray for apostle. Pray for my household. Pray for my children all the way. I pray every day for all of y'all children. Pray for mine. They're just like you. They run from God. But guess what? I know God going to hem them up sooner or later by the blood. And they will come screaming out. Lord, use me for your glory. Amen. I put that in the atmosphere. The never devil needs to see it because he can't touch it. The blood is on it. Hey, I'm out of here. God bless y'all. Have a blessed night. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.